Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Hey there, family. How many of you have ever worshipped for an extended period of time in a church where the language was not your your first language? It was your secondary language or you didn't speak it at all? Yeah, there's a couple of you here that are are like raising your hands like every Sabbath, every (laughs) Sabbath. Um, You know what? One of the things that... uh, that I firmly believe as somebody who has experienced that is it's a beautiful thing to hear the word in your own language. Um, Every language is beautiful. And if it's your first language, it's always going to be the most beautiful language because it's the one that's familiar to you. So that's one of the reasons why here at Whole Life, uh, during second service, we offer translation in two languages, Portuguese and Russian. And we're working to add Spanish. And if there's any others that you think we ought to add, we'd love to do that. And if you're not aware of it, this is a really neat um, thing that's actually available to those of you who speak English as well. You think, well, I, I can hear you okay. Occasionally, I'll hear, have somebody say to me, Ken, sometimes it's just a little loud in here. And I'll say, yeah, I, I can understand that. Sometimes it is a little loud. Um, and so one of the cool things, and then sometimes I'll have people say to me, I couldn't hear sometimes as easily in English. So the cool thing about this translation app is it's not just if you speak Portuguese, or if you speak Russian. If you speak English and you want to, if you need to hear better, or you want to kind of use noise canceling headphones, you can do that too. So there's English, Portuguese, and Spanish. It's an app. You can find it on our website, wholelife.church. You just go to bulletin and more, and it'll say translation app. And so if you want to hear the, the word in Portuguese, if you want to hear the service in Russian, You'd need to come to second service. You'll hook into our Wi-Fi with that app and you'll be able to do it. But also if you wanted to be able to hear better, if you need the hearing enhancement, you can do that. Or if you wanted to kind of uh, do a little noise canceling, you can do that as well. So pretty cool, huh? Yeah. So thanks to Abel and his team who make that possible. Wanted to make sure that you're aware of that. Now you might be thinking, well, Ken, do we really need translation services? I know what the topic is today. And if you don't know what the topic is, here it is. uh, This is our great question series. I know it says three, but this is really two because we skipped last week because we talked about recovering after the hurricane. Um, And so this is actually the second question that we received. It says, I understand that God is found in Trinity as Father, Son, and Spirit. However, it seems that most Christians and most churches are only comfortable talking about and seeking the experience with the Father and Son. Why does it seem there's is hesitancy to fully experience the Spirit when Jesus told his followers that the Spirit was going to be our closest connection to God. How can the church most faithfully engage with God's Spirit in private and corporate worship? I just want to say thank you to, to the person that, um, that asked that question. It really made me um, stop and think. I went back and looked through my sermons over, the, over, <laughs> over my pastoral career. I have a file on my computer that has all of them. And I was like, I wonder how many sermons I've preached on the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to tell you because it's a little embarrassing. Um, I was like, you know, I, 
I haven't talked enough about this. This is an important topic. Why is it that we are hesitant? I, I know I can't speak for everybody and why everybody does. I can speak for myself that, that maybe I just kind of like talking about Jesus because there's four gospels that talk about him and I know the whole Bible points towards, towards Jesus. And so I kind of feel like, you know, that's kind of the sweet spot. And, you know, God is one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So if I'm talking about one, I'm talking about all. Um, and then there's also, if I'm gonna be just really transparent with you, there's a little hesitancy because, um, you know, I love my Pentecostal brothers and sisters, but I kind of have some differences of opinion with them on, on some of that. And so I think that if I'm really honest with you, there's a tendency to kind of shy away from that just because, well, that, that's what you guys do. And, and this is what we do over here, which is not probably a good thing, is it? Because sometimes we can throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because we have a small theological difference on one or two things doesn't mean that the whole idea is, is wrong. In fact, it's, it's kind of a little vital. So I want to thank the person who asked the question, but I wanted to ask you a question too. Um, I wanted to ask you, if you haven't taken the survey, I hope you will. You can go to menti.com and type in the code that you see there, 8763-6294, or you can just um, you know, use the QR code there. And if you haven't taken the uh, survey, take it now, but we were going to take a look at the live results. So let's go ahead and see if we can get those up on the screen and see how you all answer the questions. I have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I understand the Holy Spirit's role in my life. So if we can get those up on the screen here, we'll, uh, we'll see what you said. So um, we got whole numbers. So out of, uh, let's see here, about um, 16, so, so about 25% either say they haven't received a spirit or they don't know. And 34 of you say, yeah, I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's go ahead and, and that's about 51 uh, people that have responded to it. So let's go ahead and so actually, so we can say about 34% of you, about 34% of you either said no or you don't know. So let's take a look at the next question and see how, how that one's been answered. Um, in that one, I understand how the Holy Spirit's role in my life. A number of you say yes, some of you say no, some of you say I don't know. So that's the breakdown of of what you're telling me right now, and I'm sure during second service we'll see more numbers because it's just gonna keep going. If you haven't responded to it, you can. But what I really wanna focus on today is talking about the role of the Holy Spirit. And I wanna talk about receiving the Holy Spirit because I think it's something that sometimes I notice during baptisms that we talk about the water part of the baptism, but we don't talk about the spirit part of the baptism. And they're both important. So we're going to talk about them for a minute or two here. But let's go here and head and hear what Jesus has to say it. But before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, just pray you'd be in this place. I know you are. And I pray you'd be in me and you would be in my brothers and sisters who are, who are here participating as well. May you speak to each one of us and may we each hear the message that you have for us this morning. We pray in your name, amen. So what did Jesus have to say about the Holy Spirit? Um, John's probably one of my favorite of the gospels when he talks about the, Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit in all four gospels, but I really like Jesus' discussion in John chapter three. John, Jesus is talking to a theologian and this gives me a little comfort because I told you I'm a little embarrassed about how much I've talked about the Holy Spirit or not talked about the Holy Spirit over my preaching career. 
And Jesus is talking to a really well-established Pharisee, biblical teacher. His name is Nicodemus. You may have heard of him. And Jesus speaking to him in John chapter three says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the spirit. So that gives me a little less pressure. I don't have to explain to you today how people are born of the spirit because it can't be explained. And yet it happens. And yet it must happen in the Christian life. And maybe that's one of the things that makes us so uncomfortable about talking about the Holy Spirit, particularly if you're part of a logic-based theology, because the Holy Spirit isn't logical. The Holy Spirit can't be contained. And if we're just a little bit honest with ourselves, as human beings in general, we like to be able to put things in neat little boxes. We like to be able to say, this is what this does, and this is what that does, and this is what that doesn't do. And yet Jesus makes it very clear to us, the Holy Spirit is like the wind. And we just got done with a lot of wind recently. And as much technology as this world has, we cannot contain or protect ourselves from a hurricane or a tornado. Yeah, you can build better houses, you can do, but you know what? You get a strong enough tornado, you get a strong enough hurricane. I mean, that's one of the things that's terrified me living in Nashville. I'll take hurricanes because you can see them coming. Tornadoes scare me because they just show up. And I think some of us are scared of the Holy Spirit in the same way because what if the Holy Spirit has me do something that feels uncomfortable? What if I gave God, truly gave God and the Holy Spirit permission to be inside of me and do whatever God wanted me to do? That's scary if I'm gonna be honest with you. It's scary for me not to be in control of my life. It's a scary thing to think, what would happen if I did start speaking in tongues right now in front of all of you? I mean, really, half of you would think it was a show and that I was just, that I'd done it. The other half would think I was going insane. And there'd be maybe one person that was like, oh yeah, this is cool. It's a scary thing to think what God could do if he wanted to do it, and if I gave him permission to do it. Where I let go of the control and the knowledge of where things were going and said, nope, Holy Spirit, you're in charge of that. In John chapter 16, Jesus has a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. That's from the King James Version. 
The New Living Translation translates the word comforter as advocate, and the New American Standard Bible translates it as helper, and most other versions of the Bible take it as one of those three. So which one is correct? Yes. <laughs> They're all an aspect. You know, sometimes is those, so we have a lot of bilingual people here, and you know how a word in one language doesn't completely get fulfilled with a word in another language. And that's the case with this particular word. When we start talking about the Holy Spirit, this word that Jesus is using and that John uses in his gospel. And I love that we don't have to be nailed down to one of those three because the Holy Spirit does all those things. Have you ever had somebody you love go on a long trip and you knew they weren't gonna be back for a while and you just missed having them around? That's why the Holy Spirit's the comforter. Have you ever needed somebody to advocate for you? My dad was in the hospital recently. He received great care, but what we determined was it was way better for us to be there in the hospital, even in a great hospital, advocating for him. Do you ever need a helper? Somebody to help you do what you can't get all accomplished in 24 hours on your own? The Holy Spirit can be all these three things in our life. And yet, we find ourselves uncomfortable with the comforter. Uncomfortable with the very thing that God intended to give us comfort, to advocate for us, and to help us. So let's see if we can move past that a little bit this morning. Let's see if we can move into why this is so important. So remember how Jesus said, it's expedient that I go? How many of you said, man, I just wish I could have been one of those disciples and been here on earth and walked with Jesus and heard Jesus talk to me? I've said it, I've been, that would have been so amazing to be there. I, I just wish I lived in that time period. And yet, Jesus is saying something in John that I think we should hold on to. He's saying that you and I are more blessed, more fortunate than his own disciples were. He said it's expedient. He says it's good, it's important. I, I need to leave. Why? Because I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. Christ doesn't just walk beside you. He's not with you part of the time. Christ lives in you because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in us. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Just stop and think about this for a second. God doesn't walk beside you. God walks with you, in you, if you have the Holy Spirit. You have a closer relationship with God than the disciples had when they were walking beside Jesus. Because after Jesus left, then his spirit came and didn't walk beside mankind. God lives in those who invite the Holy Spirit into their lives. It's an incredible thought. In ancient times, a temple was where 
the God, the deity lived. And if you wanted to access the God, you had to go to the temple. Each one of you are a living, walking temple of God. You have access to God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have complete access because he lives in you. And what's more important, in my opinion, is that the world around you has access to God through you. If you are a walking, breathing temple, it means that wherever you go, wherever there are those who don't have God, who haven't experienced him, they have access to God through you. That's incredible. And by the way, what becomes equally important is another concept in 1 Corinthians 13. When we read this text, don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? We, uh, as Americans, individualize it. But in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? And so when we read this, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? It's not just talking about you personally, but it's talking about a corporate idea that all of us together as a church are God's temple, are the body of Christ. This is important, really important stuff because what it tells us is this is one of the reasons why we need church, why we need to gather together because we are a better temple together than apart. So let's take a look at what Jesus had to say that the Holy Spirit's purpose is. And when he comes, he'll convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. So, the first thing we can see is that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Now, some of you might not like this, but let me go ahead and say this is important. If you don't realize that you're a sinner, you don't need God. You don't need God. If you don't realize that there's sin in your life, there's no need for a God. There's no need for a Savior. So it's important that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. It's important that he shows us the ways that we can allow his spirit in his righteousness to come into our life. And that's the beautiful thing. By the way, when you go back and read that, that passage in John, just remember God's righteousness is very clear. It's God's righteousness, not yours. The Holy Spirit convicts you of God's righteousness, not your own. He says, hey, you're a sinner and it's not you doing better that's important. It's you allowing my righteousness into your life. And judgment, oh, well, that means God's gonna judge me. Well, read the verse very carefully. It said judgment because the ruler of this world has already been judged. That's Satan. Satan's way of selfishness has been judged and found lacking. And the question is, he's convicting you that that way of life, that, that judgment's already been made, that way of life, that selfishness has already been found lacking. Are you going to want to do things God's way? Or are you going to continue to say, no, I'm gonna follow the ruler of the world, Satan, and do things my way? live for myself. The next thing that the Holy Spirit will do is guide you into truth. Sometimes it's hard. You hear a lot of people with a lot of different ideas and that's just in the Seventh-day Adventist church. But what we can stand assured of is this, 
that if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you can't go wrong because he will guide you into truth. And he'll reveal to you the future that you need to have revealed to you. One of the things that he will reveal most importantly is that Jesus is coming back for you and that you can have the assurance that when Jesus comes back, you'll be ready. The other thing that the Holy Spirit does is he communicates between God and us. There's a passage in the New Testament where it says that the Holy Spirit speaks with moans and groans to explain to God the things that we can't explain ourselves, the things we feel. So the Holy Spirit is our communication link. Can you imagine not having the Holy Spirit in your life? What that means is your communication link with God is severed. The Holy Spirit is that communication that happens. So let's talk about, the, about spiritual gifts and, and fruits of the Spirit. These are easy to get confused. So Paul tells us that each one of us is given a gift. And it's important to see what that gift is for, is to help each other. The purpose of spiritual gifts is to build up the church, the community of Christ. Now notice it says, to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives to one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He also gives the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It is, one, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. I've been asked a couple times um, as a pastor why I don't do spiritual gift inventories. And the reason I don't is the same reason I don't give my children an inventory on what gift I'm going to give them at Christmas. Because I decide. And we kind of sometimes confuse these spiritual gift inventories with what just our natural gifts are. I think that's important to understand with this is that these gifts are gifts that God gives at specific times for specific reasons. And sometimes you have it, and sometimes God says you don't need that anymore, so you don't, so I'm taking it back. I'll tell you one of the things that uh, my mom asked me a serious question when I decided to become a pastor. As you know, this was a second career for me. And she said, how are you going to do that? And I said, what do you mean, mom? And she said, well, you hate visiting hospitals. I'm notorious in my family growing up. I, I'm embarrassed to tell you that my great-grandmother was dying in the hospital and I refused to go. I hate hospitals that much. And I'm, I'm embarrassed, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm very ashamed of that. And when she said that, I thought, oh my goodness, you're right. What am I going to do? But you know what God's given me? He's changed that all around. I don't mind visiting hospitals. In fact, I get joy out of it now. I, I was terrified, I, I get easily grossed out. I don't, that doesn't happen when I go into a hospital with people. Why? Because it's a gift that God gave because he knew I was going to need it for this situation this time. And if I had taken a spiritual inventory, I would have said, well, that's not my giftedness. I'm not going to do it. Family, if God asks you to do something, he will equip you. He will gift you with what you need. That's what the Holy Spirit is for. And notice that there is more than one gift. And sometimes we go ahead and sometimes elevate gifts. Oh, Ken gets up and preaches. Yeah, that's one gift. It's not the most important gift. It's not the only gift. There are lots of gifts. 
And I think it's also to be important to understand that sometimes there's like a gift you're looking at, like, I mean, I wish I was a prayer warrior like so-and-so over there. I wish I could just pray and, and just, you know what? That's a gift that God gave that person. He gave you the gift that you need to have. It's okay. So we don't envy other people's gifts and we don't think that other people are superior to us or that they think that we think that we're superior to somebody else because we have a certain gift. There are a multitude of gifts. God alone decides what each part of the body should have. We've all been baptized into one body and one spirit and we share that spirit together. By the way, it'd be a terrible thing if each one of us had the same gift. We need a multitude of gifts in this body of Christ to function the way that God wants us to function in this world. So let's talk about the fruit of the spirit. By the way, fruit is, is singular, not plural. It's not fruits of the spirit, it's fruit of the spirit. This is one fruit. So for those of you who are thinking you're gonna pick and choose which one of these, this is one fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Family, one of the things that I like to do in my life is measure on a pretty regular basis how these fruit are growing, this fruit is growing in my life. And it can be discouraging. And if I look at it from one day to the next, it's just like when you're growing, when, you, you know, when, you're, when you're 12 or 13 years old and a guy and you're thinking, well, when is my growth spurt gonna happen? And you don't see it, but then you look back a year later at pictures. Look back a year ago, how is God growing in your life? These things should be increasing, not decreasing in your life. And if they're decreasing your life, what are you putting in your life that's blocking what the Holy Spirit wants to do with you? By the way, this is also another wonderful way when you're evaluating the message that preachers have. Are these the things that their message is producing? Or is it the verses before it, dissension, anger, greed. When you hear preachers like me up front preaching messages that are not those things, you can know that's not from God. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Either it's there or it's not. So evaluate those messages on that. So one last thing. Jesus said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. John said, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God, but someone's coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Family, a water baptism's not enough. Paul talked about that in Ephesus. You have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit as well. Jesus says something a little disturbing in Luke 12, 49. I've come to set the world on fire and I wish it were already burning. And then after that, he talks about, I'm gonna turn brother against brother, father against, you know, all that stuff. And so we tend to take this as a real negative, but I want you to think about this. In Acts, we see suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. I believe in that verse that Jesus was saying that he came to set the world on fire with the Holy Spirit. And that, that will turn people against you. 
when you have the love of God in your heart, there are people who won't be able to take it. And it will turn people against you, but you know what? I wanna be on that kind of fire, don't you? Everybody present was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in the language that God helped them to speak in. Family, do you have the Holy Spirit living in your life? Have you invited the Holy Spirit to baptize you? I just wanna take a minute and stop. I wanna invite you to close your eyes. And if you already have the Holy Spirit, praise God for that. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, I wanna give you an invitation to hold out your hands. If you're not sure, or if you wanna be filled more with the Holy Spirit than you already are, I just invite you to hold out your hands in front of you. And I'm just gonna pray a simple prayer. Heavenly Father, for each person holding out their hands, they are inviting your Holy Spirit into them. And I pray that you would fill them with that spirit and that you would do a mighty work in their life as they relinquish control of themselves and give you permission to live in them completely. In your name we pray, amen. Wow. Well, thank you, praise band. And thank you, Ken. If, um, if this is an example of a Holy Spirit sermon, I'm really not sure why we don't get a lot more of them. So uh, personally, feel free. If you have questions, whether you're here with us or, or wherever you might be, if you have questions on this topic, please go ahead and text them in or put them in the chat. Uh, if they don't get answered here today, they will get answered in the podcast that happens on Tuesday. And just as a quick editorial, Ken, there, you said something toward the beginning of the sermon that affected me probably as, as much as anything else you said, and it was all good, but that when you were talking about some of our Pentecostal brothers, and you were saying there were some things that they do that perhaps make you a little uncomfortable, definitely make me a little uncomfortable. I, I've been there. But you emphasize the things we have in common rather than the things we have different. And as Christians, we so often want to focus on our differences and not our commonality. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. We have a bunch of good questions. Uh, we might only have time for one. Um, so this, this is the one I wanted to ask you. Uh, water baptism is a choice. You know, we, we do whatever we do in our own cultures, and we decide to be baptized by water. Is the baptism of the Holy Spirit a choice that we make, or is that simply a, a, a result, a consequence of being redeemed by Christ? Um, that's a really good question, and what I would say is that's like asking if getting wet is a consequence, consequence or a choice of water baptism. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe I'll try. So you're going to get wet if you get baptized, <clears throat> and if you choose to get baptized, you're going to get wet, and if you choose to get baptized you're choosing to ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you as well if you have been properly educated going into that decision. Now, in Ephesus, there was a group of people who had received what they call the baptism of John, which is just the baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And I love Priscilla and Aquila. They come along and they, they talk to the preacher who's doing his name was Apollos, and they pull him aside gently and just say, hey, did you know about the Holy Spirit? And they teach him without embarrassing him or shaming him. But then they also come along to those people who have already been baptized for the repentance of sin. They said, you need something more. 
You need the baptism of Christ, the baptism of, of water, fire, and the Holy Spirit. And so um, each one of us um, should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is a choice, um, and it is a, um, as a natural result. When you choose it, God gifts you with that. Um, and so, and it looks different in each life. Um, some, uh, some, you know, you see the people, the tongues of fire in the New Testament. I've never personally experienced that, but that doesn't change the conviction that I know I've seen the Holy Spirit work in my life and the life of so many other people doing what the Holy Spirit needs to do in the way that the Holy Spirit needs to do it. So I, I think what I heard you saying, you can certainly say, no, John, you got it all wrong. <laughs> that happens a lot, actually. It's probably good for you to kind um, of clarify it. Uh, that there's really no halfway with Jesus. If, if, we, if we seek him as our savior, we don't get to say, hey, I'm willing to be baptized in water, but keep that Holy Spirit away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of, that's it. I mean, and why, um, why, why wouldn't we want Jesus living in us? Uh, it's hard to, to say, I, I, I want Jesus, but I, I want him you know, a little further away. Um, I was going to use another illustration, but probably there are kids here, so <laughs> I won't. But it's, it's, um, it's so important, the Holy Spirit. This week I really became convicted of it. And if there's anything I'm frustrated with, I wanted this sermon to like, because as I did my study, and I hope you do your own, I just, just was so reminded of how much the Holy Spirit matters and, and how much we tend to just gloss over what the Holy Spirit can do in our lives and in the lives of those around us. So I just really invite you. Um, sermons are just sermons, but if you do nothing else out of this sermon, take a few minutes this afternoon just to stop and ask the Holy Spirit to renew himself in you. If you've never asked him to live in you, ask him to do that. And there are two things I noticed with the Holy Spirit, two things with the Holy Spirit. The first is community, and the second is prayer. Those two things are inextricably tied to the, whole, to the Holy Spirit. People come together, and there seems to be some, I don't understand why, but with, it seems like there's just more power as people come together in prayer and invite the Holy Spirit into their lives. So maybe don't just pray by yourself. Maybe find a couple other people. Call, call up some of your friends, meet with a couple of friends, and just, just pray. Ask for the Holy Spirit in a powerful way in your life, and we'll see what God does. Thank you, Ken. And, you know, um, I encourage you all can continue the conversation as, mo as long as you want. You can continue it with Ken by sending in a, a, a text, a question. Um, but you can continue this conversation with each other as well as with the Holy Spirit, and I encourage you to do so. And we are out of time, so, Ken, I'm going to uh, give you next week's great question. Ooh. Okay. You only get it once, so listen close. <laughs> okay. What is the kingdom of God? Jesus says, it is like, and then tells a parable. Scripture says, it is in you, it's among you, it's coming, and it's here. So what does Jesus mean when he says, the kingdom of God? Oh, so good. I love you guys. You guys do the best questions. This is really good. It's another topic I've been wanting to preach on, so here you go. Thank you. Um, Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Uh, by the way, I don't know if John, if, I know most of you know John, but in case you don't, this is uh, John, uh, John Monday. He's our executive pastor here at Whole Life, and he just does a fabulous job. And so I uh, just appreciate you, John. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah.
All right, family. Is the Holy Spirit in you? Is the Holy Spirit in this place? You know, we can't love without the Holy Spirit helping us. That love is the central, central, central part of who whole life is. It's why we do what we do. And you have to have the Holy Spirit to love well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, thank you for being willing to live in us. Thank you for living in us. And as you do that, may we love well, we pray in your name. Amen. I love you, family. Go love your world. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.